0: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the building. Day one with your host, Andre Norman. Securus Original on your JPay platform. Only place you can find it because we're all about you. You know what I mean? Bruh, we got a guest today. All the way from Dallas, Texas. Flew in this morning. Just all the way to Atlanta. Just to do this taping. When I called him, I was like, listen, we're doing something for the people behind the walls. He said, I'm there. A lot of people, well, what is it about? Well, what you going to do? I'm there. Shoot me the dates. No cap, no story on deck. Has been and shall be for the people. You know what I'm saying? Reform specialist, advocate, businessman. You know what I'm saying? All that you can ask to be. So I'm not going to do your introduction. Okay. I'm going to do my introduction. My name's Andre Norman. I'm the host of Day One. And today's guest is my boy, Kay Brewster. What's up, man? You want to tell these people who you are, man.
1: Man, I'm the guy that's pushing big reform throughout America. <laughs> uh man, you know I done a little time in Texas, man. I done like 13 years in the penal institution. I've been home eight years. I've been able to build a successful trucking company where we don't hire nothing but convicted felons. I'm a number one best selling author. Um those are just a few things about me. I'm married, got a baby. We living in the suites right
0: now. You living in the suites? Yes, From sir. From the streets to the suites.
1: From the streets to the suites. That's my best-selling book. Hold on. Ugh. Right there. Look at you. What's up with the suit? Who made you with the suit? So everybody thought it was, you know, classy for me to be able to show a different side of me as far as, you know, I'm a businessman now. So I'm trying to get the streets and the prison systems to understand that, you know, uh, ain't nothing wrong with putting on the suit. Ain't nothing wrong with changing your image and, and the way you look. Your appearance plays a major role in your
0: success once you reintegrate back into society. So what were the things that helped you derail and end up in prison for 13 years?
1: Um, As a kid, I was easily influenced. Um, lack of direction. Um, no real concept and understanding of the consequences of my actions. Granted, I knew that I could get in trouble, but not understanding the severity of when they say 20 years, 30 years. When they when they give you that time, you finna really sit in there that 20 years.
0: Wasn't make-believe.
1: Oh, no, that ain't make-believe. That. <laughs> That's real life right there.
0: Wasn't the five-second rule you can drop it and pick it back up? Uh-uh. When they say
1: 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they mean that. And it ain't nothing, you know, your mama, your daddy, uncle, uncles, brothers, sisters, it don't matter who you know. Uh, ain't no getting that time back. You got to hold on to that. Oh, you're going to do that. And by the time you go through the penal institution as far as appeals and all that, you still done done over 20-some years. So you went to court.
0: Judge said to you,
1: 20, no, 20? No, the judge gave me 10 years for each case. I had four aggravated robbers with deadly weapons, four aggravated assaults with deadly weapons. I received 10 years for each count. I left when I was
0: 17. Well, hold on. He gave you your time. Correct. What was the total number? You added 10 it all years. Up. So he gave you 10. Correct. How do you do 13 on 10? So I picked up a case in prison. Got you. I understand that. So you get off, you, you're sitting in court, they tell you 10. Correct. And what do you think when he says that?
1: Lord, it's over. They like for real. It done
0: got serious. And they put you in handcuffs, put you in the shackles, they drive you to Texas Department of Corrections. No, 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 no,
1: no, no, no. So they after you come from court, they send you back. So when you come from court, they send you back to your tank. I was in my tank for about 30 days. But before you leave, they let you make that one last phone call. And I'll never forget it because it was interesting to me. You know, as a kid, you learn, you yearning for the affection and the love of your parent. So I'm telling my mama, you know, I'm going to go to prison. I, man, I don't want to go down here. I'm scared, you know. I'm looking for my mama to say, baby, I love you. It's going to be all right. But my mama didn't say none of that. What'd she say? She told me that uh, when you get down there, you need to find you a hustle because we don't have the type of family that's going to be writing you and sending you money. The little money that I got right now, I'm going to send it to you. It's for you to get your appliances. It's not for you to go to commissary and do all that because if you don't get your appliances now, you won't never receive them. And he was mind-blowing. The woman say, if you don't come home, a man, don't even come back here. I'm like, I got the phone. I'm like... She couldn't have heard that I just said I'm. Mean, they gave me ten years and I'm going to prison. You know, as a child, you looking for the for that affection from your mama to say Direction. I love you. Yeah, like it's gonna be okay. And she wasn't on none of that.
0: But hold up, my question is, let's go back. That's. Day last before you go from the tank to the penitentiary. To the penitentiary. When you was in school, what kind of direction was she giving you? So
1: uh, my mama, she from the streets. She taught me how, you know, I grew up hitting licks and hustling and robbing. First time I ever robbed somebody before in my life, it was my mama who turned me on to it. So I come from that type of household and background to where, you know, as an adolescent, from time talking about knee high. It's just been embedded in us like that. My mama, she was built like that. Then why were
0: you looking for her? To give you that affirmation that it's going to be all right, son. Because it done got real. It, it's serious right now. You needed her to change. Yeah, yeah I needed everything.
1: I, I, You know, I wanted to be that baby again yearning for his mama affection. It done got serious. They, they here to pick me up and put me on the chain bus to take me to prison. It, they ain't playing right now.
0: And she was like, handle your business. Yeah. Bye.
1: And that simple, that one moment right there – Caused a wedge between me and my mother for years, probably about four or five years before I ever even spoke to her again. Because as a child, like I say, it really disturbed me that, like, you care more about me being street and gangster. I'm started telling you, like, these people finna send me to prison. mom. it done got real. I'm scared, you know. And not hearing her say, I love you, it's going to be okay, that messed with me as a child. I wasn't able to get past that until, you know, I grew up and started maturing and getting myself together. Tell me about the bus ride. Uh my bus ride was interesting. Actually, my the bus had a wreck. You got on the bus and it crashed. And it crashed on the way to the prison. So that was interesting in itself, but just sitting on the bus, you know, I'm handcuffed to somebody else and I'm really programming my mind like, "Hey, you know, it's showtime, you know what I'm saying? You 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 want to be Billy Badass, you think you square business. Here it is. Uh as soon as you get down here, you need to go." On. Those were my thoughts. You know, I'm just a kid, so you done heard so much about prison. You done saw so much about prison. But until you actually get there, you don't really know what you're going to get into.
0: So what was day one like for you mentally?
1: Man, mentally, I, was, I would say it, it was, oh, uh, uh, that's a good question. Mentally, I'm going to say I was more like, I was kinda, it was a surreal moment. I was kind of like still in a blur. I'm really here. Like, Yeah, it was kind of like, It's damn. a real place. Like, you knew about the prison all your life. Yeah. But it's a
0: real place now.
1: Oh, it's real. Hey, get out of them. Get naked. You know, I. I so when they telling me all this, I'm kind of like, damn. Ain't nothing but me in here. They for real, too. Getting. Hey, get out of them. Take that shit out. I'm like, oh, man. They finna make me get naked right here in front of all these guys. Hey, squat, bend over, cough. I'm like, ooh. You know, it, it like I say, mentally I was like, oh my. I was like that for about a good week.
0: You inside, you looking for the sorry papers?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was looking for like, hey, we're just playing. You go home oh, now? Yeah, I'm going to wake up. It was a bad dream, but now nah, that prison system is real. It, it's the real deal.
0: What are you doing now?
1: Oh man, now life is wonderful. You know, I travel the country pushing big reform. I'm trying to help individuals that's coming home from prison, reintegrate into society, or either we want to affect the individuals that's in the streets who haven't reached the penal system yet. Let me go and show you how to make a bag of money without committing a crime because I know – that a high possibility of the reason why you committing the crimes is because you want these big, pretty chains. You want these Jordans and shoes. This is the reason why you're committing the crimes. So I believe that I know a way for you to make the money that you need to make to live this type of lifestyle.
0: Have you seen a million yet?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, um, a million is not what even, it's not even what you would think. Uh, the first time they told me I made a million dollars, I was in disbelief. I was like, "How? That's it?" They, I was like, "Where'd where that say?" They were like, "Yo, Mister Bruce, here go your finances, and your financials, your truck, this, this, and and when they went to add the number, I'm like, "Damn, I made a million dollars!" I was like, "That wasn't nothing. I spent that." Uh, but you know, coming up in the neighborhood, you know, you thinking a million dollars. If I get one million, my life is set. That's that's incorrect. million won't change your life like that. You want to do it? Nah, you got to pay taxes. Then you still got, you know, your cost of living. I'll give you a good year or two. And if you don't make the correct investments, then that money just going to, you know, do one door away.
0: So going back, because I want people to know, because I know you. Uh I met you on this side, man. I remember we connected, and we just been building ever since. And love your spirit, love your attitude, and trucking. When Uh I go through the prisons and I speak, One of the number one things people say they want to do is trucking. Uh So I'm like, I know a dude. (laughs) I know a guy. Right. How did you get into the trucking business?
1: So I actually got into the trucking business, man. I got a homeboy. And I was up there at Big T Bazaar. That's out there in Dallas. And um, I've been working in a warehouse for a few months. Really, that warehouse is killing me. I'm working 12, 16-hour shifts, loading and unloading. Like, I'm like, man. So I pull up on my homeboy. He got diamonds top and bottom in his mouth, big chains. He got a candy red Camaro on fours. I'm talking about he looking like a million dollars. So I'm like, damn, bro, what you what you got going on? He like (laughs) I'm like, what you hustling or something? He like, nah, bro, you tripping. He was like, man, I don't do nothing but drive trucks. I'm like, man, chill out, bro. I ain't the police, man. You ain't got a lot of me. Like, what's up? He like, nah, I'm telling you what I do for real. I drive trucks. He said, I go like to Oklahoma, Louisiana. I got a dedicated route. I come home every week. I make about 18 1900 a week. I say, for real? He say, yeah. I say, and you don't do nothing but drive trucks? He say, yeah. I was so mind blown to see him like this because, like I say, he got diamonds top and bottom, tattoos everywhere, big chains. If you was to see him, you would think he the biggest drug dealer in the city. Man, this man is a law abiding citizen. If he see you doing wrong, he might call the police. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, damn, you living like this from driving trucks, bro? He like, yeah. I left out that big T-Bazaar and went straight home and told my wife, hey, baby, I need to get my CDL license. I got my CDL. I traveled the country working for a company for a whole year, and then went and got my own truck and trailer. Let's get to
0: it. So you you saw him. This is the crazy part. There's so many youngins. When we were on the block, we seen the dude with the jewels and the cars And we go copy what he do. Right. But it's usually something negative. Right. We end up in the penitentiary. You see homeboy at the Big T Bazaar, jeweled up, looking fly, on the rails. You're like, he told you what the game was.
1: I thought he was lying. I ain't even lie to you. How hard was
0: it to get your CDL?
1: It actually wasn't hard. It's, um, man, it's an open book type situation, man. They're going to give you this book you're going to be able to read the information and go in there and take a test on it. kind of like a driver's license? Excuse me? It's like a driver's license? Yeah, it's just like a driver's license. You're going to take five tests online. Then you'll have to take a road test with the actual truck and trailer. But the thing about the online test is that they're going to give you the answers. It's like when you was a kid and you took the TOS test or something, the answers is in the paragraph. You just need to read the paragraph. So if you just put a little commitment, dedication to it, it ain't going to be hard. You got your truck.
0: You got, you got work for a trucking company. I'm working at a trucking company at How this hard time. was it to get that job with a criminal record? So it was extremely hard. I was only able to get
1: in because of the lady that's in the HR department. Her boyfriend is one of my partners. So that's how I was able to get in. And it's funny because the dudes at the job, none of them never knew I was in prison. None of them knew I had been to prison. So I was in a situation right here in Atlanta, right there in front of the CNN building, where I had to bag the truck up. And I didn't know what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't lie to these people like I can drive. So, this is what people don't know to drive an 18 wheeler forward, anybody can drive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anybody can
1: drive. drive. But when it's time to start bagging, that's a different situation. So, my coworker, he back there asleep. I got to wake him up. I don't stop traffic right here in front of the CNN building. And uh, we had to get the police out here, all this. So, I had to wake him up like, hey, bro. um, Man, I need your help. He like, man, what's going on, Brewster? I'm like, man, um, come out here right quick. So he moved the curtains. He see all the police cars. He like, damn, Brewster, what you do? I said, look, bro, I couldn't bag the truck up in there, so I just stopped. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather have just stopped than to hit something. You know what I'm saying? He like, Brewster, you don't know how to drive? That's when I had to go and come clean and tell him, like, look, man, I just got out of prison. You know what I'm saying? They were like, what? He was like, Nah. He was like Brewster, you ain't been in no prison. I'm like, yeah, bro, I just got out. He like, nah, I don't believe that. You know, I'm so well spoken and so highly educated that the normal individual would perceive me as someone who done been incarcerated. Then when I'm on the job, you know, I'm smiling, kiki, kai, So he doesn't detect uh, the prison on me like that. Versus somebody like you, you know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're gonna know it out hand because you've been there. You, you you know what to look for when you're dealing with people. He was in such disbelief, you know what I'm saying? He parked the truck for me or whatever, and then he told me, he said, nah, it makes sense to me. Every city that we go to, when we get off work, you always leave. I say, yeah, I ain't never been nowhere before. So normally the drivers, when when we get off work, whatever city we in, they get a hotel room, they go in there and lay down and go to sleep. Soon as we get there. You
0: want to see the city?
1: Oh, I'm gone. (laughs) I'm gone. I'm going to holler at y'all. Y'all take it easy. But none of the drivers never caught on. All the drivers are just like, Brewster, you going? You leaving? You leaving? I'm like, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, y'all take it easy. I'll be here tomorrow morning. I'll be here tomorrow morning. You want to see the city? I'm going to see every city. New York, uh, Philadelphia, Miami, Los Angeles, Vegas, Houston, Atlanta. Every city
0: we go to, I'm gone. So a question. Back when you was on the phone with your mom, Uh and they doing all the intake at the penitentiary. What was it like your first day upstate?
1: Man, day one was kind of crazy, you know what I'm saying? People want to know where you're from, who you are, what you in here for. Uh,
0: It's prison. Could you see where you are now sitting there then? From day one? From day one. No, sir.
1: From day one, I couldn't have never I couldn't have dare predicted that I would turn out to be the individual that I am today. From day one, I was, you know, deaf, dumb, blind, naive, lost, confused, scared. It was so much going in from, from actual day one to now. So, you know. Business
0: owner, husband, dad, seven figures, traveling the world, successful, activist, you know what I'm saying, outspoken, get to be you. Back that scared 18-year-old kid with all them t- that 10 years. What would you say to him? If you was, I could sit him in front of you, 18-year-old K Brewster, you're sitting here, because he's, he's watching you. So we got these things, they got these things now. They didn't have these things. There's somebody right now Hit okay, and they're watching you. are like, okay, dude's doing his thing. Okay, dude came up. What are you going to say to him or to her who's sitting there right now Looking at you on this, trying about, man, I don't know which way to go.
1: Right. So let me. Let me can I see that? So if I had to be looking at myself on here and I was sitting in a cell and I'm going through this tablet, I'd be telling myself the importance of educating yourself while you are down there. You coming back home one day. This is not, don't get caught up in the prison politics. So a part of the reason why I did so much time is because I got caught up in the prison life. Had I, uh, I believe, had I dedicated more of my time to the to the education and the, and the real development of myself, I could have been even more than what I am. Because I spent a great portion of my time reading and educating myself. But that came after five or six years. Had I, from day one. Had I been able to look on this tablet and see Kedron Brewster, I would have been telling myself, hey, don't get caught up in the prison politics. What you need to be doing is reading, taking every class they got in there and preparing for your release date. From day one, I would have been telling Kedron Brewster, you need to be preparing for your release date.
0: When you first went in, you come in, people pulling up on you, the homies, you're saying, the options they say in 2022, and just people. Right. You're trying to figure your way out. So how did you get through that first couple years, or that first couple months? Yeah, so due to the fact of where I'm from, you know what I'm saying, as soon as I got
1: there, I was already classified as a gang member. So whether you like it or not, when you get to prison, you're going to be associated and affiliated with something. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you black, you're going to be with the blacks. Or if you white, you're going to be with the whites. So it wasn't really no avoid. In that there was part. no option. It wasn't no option in that part right there. So, you know, uh, my thing was... Uh, Prison really is about you being able to hold your own. So long as I was able to do that, I was good. But for individuals who 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 know um they don't necessarily have the fortitude to be able to stand on their own To um, that's a situation.
0: So you come in, you said you started with ten. Correct. But you did thirteen. Correct. If you how'd you get the extra time? Uh, I got caught up in the prison politics.
1: Like I say, as soon as I got in there, you know, I hooked up with my friends from my neighborhood or from my city or whatnot, and, man, I'm in here hustling. I don't have a family that's – I told you, my mom told you. She told me ain't nobody finna send you no money or do nothing for you while you down. there." So as soon as I got in there, you know, I went to hustling, doing what the – you know, the prison politics or whatnot, and uh, I got caught with some marijuana in there, and they gave me an extra five years on top of the ten.
0: So now – you're back in court. Because I got right. a case in jail, too. They take you literally. They read you your rights. Right. They take you back to court. You do the whole process of arraignment, jailhouse lawyer, or public defender. You were back. Did you plead guilty to that one, or you went to trial? I pled guilty. When you were in there going to court from jail or from prison, they gave you five more. What right. were you thinking? That's when I knew it was game time. I knew I was through with
1: doing everything in prison. Like, I knew... I'm done. That Getting that five years hurted me more than getting the actual ten years that sent me to prison. Why? Man, I was devastated. Like, I just couldn't believe that. And I was getting ready to go home on the first sentence. So I'm thinking that I'm going to go home in like eight or nine months. And they come in there and tell me like, nah, you know, you get up to two years before you get indicted. So they running all this down to me. Then I'm like, man, well, hold up, though. I'm going to discharge. I'll fight the case when I get to the world. Nah, ain't no fighting the case when you get to the world. Uh they came and picked me up, took me to the uh that the, lit, county jail. the county jail right there, prosecuted me and brought me back. Uh I was in a depression for about a good, I say a good three weeks. My homeboys had to come back there and get me out the cell. Like I had done let all my hair grow out. I wasn't eating. I was just I just was like, man, I couldn't believe that I had did that to myself. And it was at that moment when I knew everything changed. It was over
0: with. So unlike most people, you had a second day one. I had a second day one. Your first day one was his disbelief. Right. Your second day one was what?
1: I couldn't believe I did that to myself. Like, I couldn't believe that I put myself in this kind of position. In my mind, I'm like, damn, bro, you talking about you finna go to the world and you finna become successful and you finna do this. You in prison and can't stay out of trouble. You were in prison and couldn't you know what I'm saying I'm like how you how are you going to be able to translate
0: this to society if you were in prison and you still getting in trouble so what was the hardest thing you had to face you came' to realize you were your own worst enemy
1: that when I had to realize that it ain't the system it ain't it ain't because of this it ain't because of that you making these decisions you putting yourself in this position that was the hardest part that I had to come to grips with, you know coming up um We always look to blame others, you know, the white folks, the system. I didn't have a daddy. I didn't have this. But at the end of the day, man, you grown. You making your own decisions. As a child, you're not able to control a lot that's going on in your life. I'm an adult now. So when I caught that case, it was like, man, that's all you. It ain't, I don't care how you look at it, why you trying to look at it. You made that choice. So, you know, for me, it, it was things like that.
0: And what did you do once you realized it was game time?
1: I, man, I I cut off all my negative peers. Man, I became like a Christian around there from the standpoint, you know, I'm telling my partners, man, hey, I'm done, bro. I
0: ain't, How I ain't. does that work? How that mean you running with your team, right? You hang with the fellas and you just woke up when you caught that fight. They weren't even mad. They were like, "Yo, man, take that and strike." Yeah. They were like, so, "Take that." So, uh,
1: when you are an individual that's, you know, uh, fortunately for me, God showed favor on me and allowed me to ha- I got a stand up name and a stand up character. You know, uh, when you have that kind of track record, man, it's easy for the homies to accept you choosing to go live a different life. I didn't walk away because I got ran off or because I got scared or something. I walked away because I wanted something different with my life. So those are two totally different, you know, situations. Versus a guy, you you, you leaving because you done got scared or because you told on somebody, you know, the, the credibility of your name, it, it won't be able to stand. Versus somebody like me, Man, I've been uh, down with y'all for years, you know, living this type of lifestyle. I'm done, man. I want to do something different with my life. Walk
0: away on a high note.
1: I I was able to leave on a high note. And you walked away. What did you do? Uh, man, the first thing I did was enroll myself in every class in the prison system. I took cognitive intervention, life skills, uh, parenting. Uh, I got my GED. Did you have a kid
0: at the time? Did I have what? Did you have a kid at the time? At the time, I didn't. Then why would you take a parenting class?
1: I just wanted to educate myself. I was somebody that was just, you know, I was different in that perspective. So in prison, I don't read about politics, history, science, religion, economics, different cultures. I was just at that point, I was telling myself, you need to equip yourself with as many tools as you possibly can. So I'm somebody that needs to be well-rounded. I like to say that I can go to the White House and chill with the president and be able to have a conversation with him and leave there and go straight to the block and go chill with the homies and have a conversation with them. I understood the importance of that versatility.
0: What other brothers did you see who had done that before you, made that shift to try to go get educated? Uh, You couldn't have been the first. So there was somebody else in the prison that you saw who was already studying.
1: Also, actually, man, I was blessed to come up around a lot of old heads in the prison. From Ghazali, the Jewel Dropper, uh, Kawi, Kwate, uh, J-Dub.
0: Uh, I think every prison system got a J-Dub because we got one too.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, <laughs> I will say this, man. Them old heads in the prisons, you know what I'm saying? They uh they play a vital role in the nurturing of uh, uh, the youngsters that's coming up in there. Because it was the old heads that really helped me develop and become who I am. Because before that, you know, I was on some, it's whatever, I don't care, whoever, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it was them old heads who was able to give me that guidance and that proper direction, like, look out, man, you tripping. That ain't how that go. Nah, we don't do it like that, bro. So, you know, I think for me anyway, right. the old heads
0: was important. And You spent how much time left after you caught your case studying? Uh, I want to say about four or five years. I give it a
1: good four or five years after after I caught the case.
0: Then you maxed out?
1: I maxed out. I discharged my whole sentence day for day. Day for day. I left when I was 17, came back when I was 32.
0: I went 18 to 32. Okay, yeah. But support systems, because I know it's super important to have a support system, but I'm hearing you say mom wasn't being encouraging in a positive space, right? What about pops?
1: Um, I never knew my father, so my support system came from what I was able to build on my own. That's one of the reasons why gangs are so uh, big in prison. It's more about the support system than it is the the rah rah stuff. You know, uh, as a youngster coming up, man, you know you be looking for that love, that attention, that affection, and if you're not able to get it on the home front. You will get it from the wrong individuals. They'll disguise it as his love, but it may be manipulation and have you doing the wrong things. You know what I'm saying? So, how did you build a positive support system coming from the block? So, I was able to do it because, first of all, I knew I wanted something different. So, me myself, I had before I contacted or got in contact with anybody, I already knew, like, hey, man, I'm chilling on that. I'm finna move like this. This is what I'm finna do. Because I'm already bad doing this here. I'm that guy right here in this in in this field right here. I'm already that guy, so I know if I can just ch- take these same skill sets and mindset to this side of the tracks, I can pull off the same thing. So once I, you know, really adjusted that to that type of mindset, it kind of just started coming to me a little bit. You
0: said you worked. Your first job was what doing at like a warehouse. Warehouse. How you feel being Big Brewster, that dude, good name. Good good, everything, Right, shuffling around, doing manual labor all day.
1: Uh, So my, when I first came home, I was ecstatic about that job. Man, I had been waiting 13 years to go work a job. So I, w- I was happy about it. But the thing is, it's a transition phase right there. So a dude, when it told on me at work, man, it, it like blew my mind. <laughs> man. Thought I, you was in prison? Man, I couldn't <laughs> believe that this man when it told on me in my face like that. Like My mind was like, bro, we finna mash your boy. You you do not tell like that, but I had to understand, like, bro, you're not in prison.
0: Quick question. What he told on you, did you do it?
1: Yes. <laughs> so in, uh, on the job site, if you're working in the warehouse, and now that I'm a business owner and I'm responsible for all these different employees, I understood what, what was going on. So I work in the warehouse with a lot of heavy machinery. So we're not supposed to be on our phones. So, you know, I'm doing my job or whatever, but I'm like, you know, hey, you know, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, and uh, the dude came. He, man, Bruce, you ain't supposed to be on your phone, man. I'm gonna have to report you. I'm like, man, go on, bro, you tripping, man. The he man, reported you. Man went in my, it blew my mind. I had to leave work early that day because I just couldn't believe. I'm like, bro, it is on, uh, bro, you just went up there and told like that, but I had to understand, man. You ain't this ain't the streets, baby. You're not supposed to be on your phone. It's a reason why they don't want you on the phone. It's a safety hazard. In the event that you get hurt while you're on that phone, then what? I understand that now because I'm a business owner, and I tell all my drivers, hey, stay off that phone. But you're not thinking from that standpoint, you know what I'm saying, if you're just at this certain level in your life. You're not understanding the importance of the rules and regulations and why they are saying, hey, you can't be on your phone. But that particular day was a big day for me. Like, I was just so mind blown that this man went and told on me and my. I just wasn't
0: accustomed to that. No, because where we grew up, it was, it was street law. Yeah, of penitentiary, penitentiary law. Yeah. Now you're, you're now you're in society. So we didn't live in society. That's the movie that said menace to society. What do you mean we weren't in it? I got you. <laughs> we were menace to society. So now that you're in society, society played by different rules, Correct. rules and regulations. Correct. How you on rules and regulations now? Oh, I follow all
1: rules and regulations. I pay taxes, I pay tickets. So, you know, growing up as a kid, we ain't believe in paying tickets. Like, man, I'll go sit that out. Man, I'm not sitting nothing out. <laughs> I pay tickets, fines, you know, I'm allowed by a law buying citizen, but I tell people, man, the sooner you learn the system and abide by it, the sooner you'll be able to really get on your feet and be successful. Why wouldn't you go sit out a five day ticket though? What's five days? I can't do not one day. I, I can't do no time. I'm Five on, days? I, and I can't mess with it. I'm going to go on Pam. I actually done been through that before since I've been free. And uh, they took me downtown. I was in a holdover. I was pacing. I, you back inside. Right. I heard them people shut that door. It's like I went to hyper preventilating and... And the dudes in the tank, they like, man. Uh, you Brewster, did time, bro. What's the time? They're like, Brewster, I thought you said you did 13 years. I was like, yeah, I did, man. They were like, man, bro, you just got some tickets. I'm like, yeah, this ain't this ain't for me right here. I was on the phone, like, hey, man, what's the whole up? They like, calm down. I'm like, they bringing child dudes talking about, uh, man, you want to trade your dessert for, for the man? Man, I don't want none of that, bro. I'm finna go. It was some tickets from when I was a juvenile, but they were still there. Man, I gave them people that $1,800. I think I was in there by like eight hours, man. I like, boy, I like to lost my mind in that eight hours.
0: Was that the, is that the one thing that reminds you always to stay on the right side, That made them eight hours? Nah,
1: I, I enjoy my life now. I really didn't care when I was younger. Like, I, I really didn't care. So I don't care if I shoot you or rob you. Like, if you bother me or my people, I'm going to get at you. I really had that type of mentality, whereas now I care. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to well, do that. Why do nothing. you care now? Man, I have such a beautiful life. I'm not going to do nothing to jeopardize nothing I got going on. You know, I got a beautiful wife. I just had a daughter. I traveled the country. I just got through eating that roses around the corner. Some uh, I had me a, what's that I had? Uh, uh Man, the, the thing we have in the mornings.
0: Not the mimosa.
1: mimosa. Ah, man, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Life too good for me to be doing anything crazy. And then, to be honest with you, the way the society is set up, man, it's so good out here. You ain't got to do nothing crazy to be successful. In today's time, man, it's millions of ways to get money without committing a
0: crime. So we got a whole, you from Texas. Right. This going to play in Texas. Okay. So that dude or that sister who just got off the bus, they made that, they down in the county, they 30 up, they on the phone. They can't call moms cause their moms like your moms. If they could call you, your Brewster, they about to I'm about to go do this bit up in the penitentiary. What you gonna say to them? Man, I'm gonna be stressing
1: that education. I honestly believe one of the biggest reasons I'm so successful is because I'm so educated. The importance of the education is hands down, like It's it's nothing else that I would be stressing to anybody that's on their way to prison, that's in prison. You need to use this opportunity as a college experience because you're going to get social behavior, human behavior, psychology. You're going to be able to get all these things from you may live on a tank with two, three hundred other guys different races nationalities different walks of life you're finna have to be able to manage all these different personalities and attitudes like you're finna have to learn how to adjust and deal with that and if you go down there with the mindset of hey this is a college for me you know what i'm saying when you get back out here to society it's gonna be nothing like when I'm talking to people, I just need about five or ten minutes to talk to you, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty accurate in what I'm dealing with. I'm, a, I'm gonna be able to bend and size you up a little bit to know what I'm dealing with. I might not be a hundred and ten percent correct, but uh, I'm gonna be in the right field as far as identifying the individual I'm dealing with.
0: This is what I need you to do, cause it's what you wanted. Okay. The phone call you made on day thirty. Okay. Not, what can they do throughout their time? They call you, your brew. The bus is coming in about an hour. Yeah, I'm about to get on this thing. You know what? I didn't seen all the movies, heard all the stories. Yeah, man, what what do you say to that person who's on the phone day 30 waiting for the bus to come?
1: You need to be making a mental adjustment because it's finna get real. Things finna change. You need to be you need to be mentally and emotionally prepared for what you finna go up against. The physical part. A lot of people think prison is about the fighting, and the physical part is uh. That's the easiest part of prison. It's what it's gonna do to you psychologically and emotionally. Dude, I'm gonna be telling you, you need to be getting your mind prepared for that.
0: They got mental health counseling. You tell me
1: I should go to mental health counseling, bro? Yeah, you're you gonna probably need it. The, the, uh, it. Depending on how much time you do, I, w- I do tell people that the trauma of prison, the effects of the aftermath, is real. So, you know what I'm saying? On your way down there, I'm going to be already telling you, you need to make the mental and um, emotional adjustment because when you get down there, you ain't nothing but a number. They don't give a damn about you down there. So before you even get here, you need to already be preparing yourself mentally for like, hey, this is what's going to happen. You need to be following the rules and the regulations, all of those tough guys shit. That don't mean nothing up in there.
0: If you could make a promise to yourself because you've lived this life, what promises would you make to yourself going forward from here? From right here? From right here. Uh, one of the
1: biggest promises I I, I'm a, I always make myself is the importance of loving me, being loyal to me, being real to me. You know, a lot of times we give first hand loyalty to the second hand causes, so that's one of the reasons why we end up in them type of situations. So one of the biggest promises I make is is you know keeping it real with me, loving me, and uh. The only other promises I can see making to myself is just, you know, uh, reaching my full potential, being the best version of myself that I can possibly be. Don't sell
0: myself short. We got somebody watching this. We got a lot of soldiers, a lot of people who hold holding theirs, got good names. We got some people watching this, man. There was a time I always thought about us, dudes who move like we move. There's people, man, in here who don't come from that block or don't have that name, right. been through some stuff, and they're stressing right now. They're like super depressed. And they're watching this tablet, and they're looking at Brewster. Right. What's your message for them? So my message to you is
1: that you need to be understanding that this is not your lifestyle. You don't need to be trying to be something that you're not or try to become a, a part of something that you're not. You need to learn from this experience, and you need to get back to living life on the terms that, you know, that they grew up on. I met a lot of people in prison who didn't necessarily come from that life. And they just chose to get involved. in, it. And I'm like, nah, this ain't nothing to be – this ain't something just to be doing because you got mad at your mama and your daddy and they kicked you out the house because you didn't want to follow the rules and regulations at the house. You know what I'm saying? You done destroyed your whole life behind something like that was so small and petty because your mama and your daddy, your aunt and your uncle, them people really love you. These people down here in this prison, they don't, give a, they don't care two – not two things about you. So I would be telling that person who didn't come from my lifestyle – don't try to be a part of that lifestyle.
0: What about the person who's depressed and maybe even suicidal right now, regardless what lifestyle they came from?
1: Because this, uh, is,
0: this is your chance to do a suicide intervention right. for your whole state of Texas. So
1: i would be telling them. No, no, no. Say right. So. You thinking about killing yourself, you thinking about depression, when you need to understand and value the, your life the fact that you have life, the fact that you even able to get up every day. Because I know a lot of people that's dead and gone right now that'll never even get a chance to come back to society. I often tell people I got over six, seven different RIP tattoos on my body from partners that I don't grew up with that's no longer here. So you killing yourself or you being depressed, um, it's something that I believe everybody in prison go through at some point. Let me make sure I say that. I believe every individual that has been incarcerated. Now, if you just down there for a few months or a year or two, then, you know what I'm
0: saying? I don't know. You still know. get depressed. So, when you got depressed, what did you do to bounce back and get to it? What did you do to get through your lowest point? I read a lot of books. I uh, went to read, at
1: that time, I was reading urban novels. You know what I'm saying? You're looking for a way to to get to escape your current situation. So, my escape was the urban novels, the Sister Soldiers. You know, I was able to read those type of books to take my mind away. Once I was able to take my mind away slowly but surely, you know, I kind of started coming around. Then, you know, I was into a lot of the services. You know, I told you the school programs, you need to be in there because, you know what I'm saying, it's going to give you that life, that energy, you know what I'm saying, as far as like cognitive intervention was a class where they uh, show you or they ask you, will this decision that you make making meet your needs over time? So that was a tool that I was able to take from that class to where when I'm back in my cell, like and I want to go to trip and I'm like, but damn, is this gonna meet your time your needs over time? Like it's not that serious, bro. Let that go. You know what I'm saying? You you finna get in trouble for nothing. Like, I don't let that go.
0: Now, you said when people are stressed out or just looking for a way out, introduce them to some new options that you didn't have when you was in there. Right. It was so, in you, but it wasn't for right. you. Right.
1: So if you're in the state of Texas, you're going to already be familiar with this book right here. It's a part of the penal institution in the state of Texas. This is the first book from the rec yard to the streets. This is a book that outlines my transition from day one, coming home from prison, entering back into society. This This is that actual blueprint. Now, book two is from the streets to the suites. That's the elevation. That's the growth. That's the millionaire. That's the trucking. That's the speaking engagements. That's that's where all that came about. So this is just shows the
0: next level of the transition. I got one request before we close. Let me hear it. You tell them what you wanted your mom to say to you.
1: Huh. I love you and it's going to be okay. <laughs> She's not going to say that, but that's what no, I wanted what, her to
0: say. And what I, I know she wasn't going to say it, but I need you to say it for them because that's what they're waiting on.
1: Oh, no, nah, they need to know, man, you know, I... I send mad love to y'all, man. You know, I was once one of y'all sitting in that position, so the love go without saying. What I want to see individuals do and what I want them to get from this interview that I done with you and the reason I came down here and done it with you is because I want them to know that they can be successful as well.
0: But it starts with you telling them you love them. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Ladies and gentlemen, day one, K Brewster, Dallas's finest. Big reform is in the building we will see you soon until then keep your head up